Chapter 20 Contrails As Cam stands up and starts moving through the forest again, he holds his left hand above head level to minimize blood flow to it. Stick to the plan. Thanks. There's no way the smell was powerful enough to knock me out, let alone cut through my thumb. Something else did that. What, he doesn't know, but he's not going to assume it's the path without solid evidence. When scared, people will often pin an unknown threat on the closest suspicious-looking thing, destroying it or running from it without thinking very hard about what it would mean if their hunch was wrong. It would mean two things. One, that they'd destroyed or abandoned something that could have been useful, and two, that they'd earned themselves a false feeling of safety, which makes them complacent. Simply put, the threat is still out there. Don't forget it. Cam continues following the path at a safe distance, unwilling to give up the long line of sight it offers. The water sounds close again, the river apparently having turned in Cam's direction. Peering down the path, Cam tries to see where the ooze might be leading him. After staring for several long seconds, he notices that an area of the forest in the distance seems darker than everywhere else, as if an object, hillside at least, were blocking the few shafts of light that would otherwise manage to pass between the trees. Am I just seeing things? It's not like I've been in a forest this thick ever before. There could just be more trees there. Still, he makes a mental note to investigate. Cam collects more sticks and rocks from the forest floor, choosing suitable specimens at random. The backpack is still far from heavy, and he can always dump the extra weight if he needs to. What about a bow? Could I make one from a sapling? A proper weapon would go a long way to making Cam feel safe. To further this new goal, Cam does a visual combing of the area, picking out each individual plant from the surrounding mesh of green and brown. The hunt takes his eyes, and then his whole self, to a young sapling that's several paces from the path. No matter how far Cam gets from the brown ooze, the odor stays with him, like screen burn on his brain. Cam hacks the sapling free from the ground with his bladed tentacle and strips it of its leaves and branches. As he works, he again hears that galloping sound from before. It's so faint, though, that it could very well be a trick of the forest trees swaying a certain way. Now I just need a string. Thinks Cam, bending the five-foot bow shaft he'd just created. Well, no, that's not just what I need. I also have no idea how to tie a bow, or make arrows, but one step at a time. Some of the trees have vines growing on them, but they're high up and way out of reach. It's possible that this forest could contain trees with vines low enough to get at, but Cam doesn't see any nearby. He considers attempting to whittle down one of the meaty tentacles to the thickness of a bowstring, but he's not sure that it would be possible. Even if I managed to shave off a thin enough piece, I don't know if it would be strong enough to be a bowstring. Cam's shoelaces and the drawstring of the backpack are the only other options. Even if the drawstring were long enough, cutting it free would jeopardize the usefulness of the backpack. At least laceless shoes would still be functional as long as they didn't come off if Cam stepped in something viscous, like ooze, and as long as he didn't have to run fast, like from a knife-wielding amphibious dog monster. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Shoelaces aren't going to be strong enough to make a weapon out of anyway. Vines it is. 
Cam looks for a tree with low-hanging vines, noting that the shadow down the path seems right outside his line of sight now. It's massive, as big as a house. One step at a time. First I'll worry about this bow, then I'll head that way. The trees are rife with branches, but even the thickest limbs seem flimsy and slippery. Cam guesses that only the few inches of each branch closest to the trunk will be able to support his weight without bending. Climbing a tree will require staying as close to the trunk as possible while weaving his body through the myriad branches. After spotting a vine that's only about 20 feet up, Cam drops everything but his knife and begins climbing the vine's respective tree. On his way up, Cam is careful to rest his hands and feet as close to the trunk as possible. When there are about 10 feet of space between Cam's feet and the ground, he reaches a cluster of branches that's too thick to pass through. He tries to bend the branches to make a hole wide enough to fit his body, but he can't exert enough force with his arms without feeling as though he's about to lose his balance. After several minutes of trying and failing, Cam figures he needs to rethink his approach, and he climbs down. As he steps back from the tree, Cam once again notices the sound of galloping in the distance. He knows that it'll fade in a moment, and so he focuses on it, trying to determine which direction it's coming from. But the sound doesn't fade. Cam's initial reaction is to treat this as a pleasant surprise. The extra seconds allow him to judge that the sound is coming from the opposite direction of the meadow. But as the galloping grows in volume, Oh shit. Cam scrambles back up the tree, somehow managing to bring both of his weapons with him this time. Fear makes him clumsy, and though he makes it to the same height as before, he almost loses his footing several times along the way. Cam is stuck, barely ten feet in the air, still thoroughly visible from the forest floor. Hacking at the branches above him accomplishes nothing. They're made of green, flexible wood, and he doesn't manage to break a single one. They bend and snap back into place, resisting Cam's efforts with ease. The galloping draws near, and Cam tightens his grip on the surrounding branches, determined not to fall into the path of whatever is running toward him. Please don't let it know how to climb trees. Orbiting to put the trunk of his tree between him and the galloping, Cam holds his breath and peeks through the branches, looking for the source of the sound. A moment passes, and then he sees it. At first, all he can make out is a brown blur leading a rapidly growing brown tail. As it comes closer, he is able to better discern what it looks like, though this does nothing to help him understand what it is and how it could possibly be moving. It's a collection of muscles and organs, arranged roughly in the shape of a horse. A river of thick brown ooze coats the entire creature, pumping from its body at an impossible rate. Plants wilt at the river's touch, leaving a wide trail identical to the one Cam has been following through the forest. The creature charges in Cam's direction, spewing ooze as it runs. Guess I know how the path was made, Cam thinks. He gauges the monster's speed. It's faster than him. Don't move. Don't move and maybe it won't see you. But his body shifts of its own accord, positioning itself defensively, getting ready to repel the monster if it leaps or climbs. The creature closes in. Cam's arms and legs solidify. His lungs are porcelain sacks, silent. He is a clay soldier, poised to strike. A moment later, the creature is leaving. 
Cam doesn't realize it until seconds after it happens. The creature passed by his tree without even slowing down. Still frozen, Cam watches from the corner of his eye as the ooze horse continues charging toward the meadow.